Hello, and welcome to the Zircona Growth Insights Podcast, bringing clarity to the complexities of consumer behavior. Episodes feature industry experts, partners, and guests across the 26 industries we track, representing nearly $4 trillion in global consumer spending. Our goal is to give you transformative insights and the most complete view of consumer and market opportunities. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Zircona Growth Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, and today I'm joined again by Kristen McLean, Executive Director, Industry Analyst, Circana Books and Entertainment. Um, Kristen studies books. She has a view of 800 million units across 6,000 subject categories. And by studying consumption and purchasing, she provides a really unique perspective on consumer behavior, which I think can be so inspirational, if not foundational, to the innovation that we're gonna see ahead. So I love paying attention to Kristen and I just had the opportunity to listen to a recent webinar on US books from Q2 2023 performance. You can go to circana.com and and find the recording of that. Kristen talked to me um, last winter about books and the behaviors that they reveal about consumers. And so I thought, oh, I really want to have her back. And so with this webinar, it was the perfect, perfect opportunity. So Kristen, welcome back. Thanks. It's great to be here. So we're now really semi-officially through the pandemic. And you saw so much at the outset of the pandemic of how consumer behavior was changing because of this life-altering, literally life-altering occurrence. So I, I want to get a... a a sense from you of where are we now? What are we interested in now that maybe is different than where we were three years ago? Yeah. So one of the things that is really interesting about books is that they're basically ideas, right? Wrapped up for sale. So when we study what's been selling, it's really interesting to get a grip on what people are thinking about and and to see their shifts in attitudes reflected in what they're buying. So one of the things that's really clear to me here in 2023 is that we are definitely in a post-pandemic mindset and thinking about return to more experiential spending. So we see growth in areas like travel books. We see growth in certain categories of health and wellness that indicate that people are thinking more about their external life rather than their internal life. So during the pandemic, we saw a lot more things like inspiration and motivation and self-help. And now we're seeing a lot more things like exercise and sexuality. And um, in the business space, we're seeing books about more books about communication, right? How do I go out into the office? How do I become a better leader? How do I suddenly um, reintegrate into society? And so I think that that's really interesting. And we've been seeing rises in other areas of general merchandise like beauty, that I think also touch on people being more interested in uh, how they present themselves to the outer world. So I think that's that's the really big change that we're seeing this year versus the last couple of years. And I want to layer in that because you're talking about returning to work, which is something that we're tracking across retail and across CPG. I love the notion of beauty, which has been doing very well, very strong, because people are not hiding behind masks anymore. One of the things that was so rich was related to cookbooks at at the outside of the pandemic. And I wonder if maybe around just as health and wellness is changing, 
are cookbook sales changing or are they declining? Do you see more convenience, need for convenience? Yeah, cookbooks are definitely declining compared to the heights that we saw in the, the last couple of years. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we saw a, a very strong sales curve on things like cooking methods and cooking um, in different cultures, because as people were forced to cook at home and really got into cooking at home, we saw a lot of exploration and experimentation take place based on the cookbooks that they're buying. And right now, cook, cooking in almost every category is down uh, compared to sales a year ago. And the only areas where we are seeing bumps in cookbooks have to do with specific personalities. So um, we, we've seen cookbooks from Magnolia Table. We've seen um, a cookbook that just popped up uh, cooking yesteryear uh, last week, which is a YouTube personality, a young uh, cook who tests vintage recipes. But that was it's been really driven by so his social media presence. So by and large, cooking is not one of the things that people are buying right now. And I think that's that's partly just where we're at and the fact that we we're really moving out of the house a lot more. So love this. This is so fascinating. And I'd like to kind of pause and maybe get a little bit of a level set just to talk about where books are in general, because I learned during your podcast that there's some, you know, how we're consuming books is changing a lot, too. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, you know, right now, one of the most interesting things about being an analyst, not just in books, but generally, is really trying to understand where we are. Because the the thing that the things that we've gone through in the last few years, from a consumer point of view, from an experience point of view, from a retail point of view, from a manufacturing point of view, they're really unprecedented, right? All of the different um, players in our space have experienced a lot of really radical things happen in their businesses over the last few years. So for me, I really like to frame things uh, as I'm trying to interpret what I'm seeing as, you know, what 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 is returning to normal compared to say 2019, right? Before the pandemic and what is really new? So in the book space, one of the things that I think is really new is that we are, um, the, the book market is really being driven by fiction right now. And this is very different than before the pandemic. So traditionally, the book market's largest category by volume is nonfiction, adult nonfiction. So this is business books, this is memoirs, this is cookbooks, this is travel books. Um, this is lots of informational content. And since 2020, uh, really, especially since 2021, fiction is the thing that has been driving growth. And so that's true now. We're seeing uh, categories like romance, which is the number one fiction category in the United States, experience its third year of double-digit growth. We're seeing fantasy also, and sci-fi and mystery all have very strong years uh, this year. And we're seeing adult nonfiction down for, for um, the third year in a row right now. So it's pretty radical. And I think that that is something that if you had asked anybody in, in the book market, whether or not that was going to be the case a few years ago, they would have said no, because fiction has, uh, has over the years prior to the pandemic was sort of slowly losing share to nonfiction. So, you know, I think people are really interested in escapism right now. I think they're really interested in store the worlds of story, right? So they're really interested in immersing themselves in, into, into, story universes. And I also think that this is particularly being driven by younger consumers. And that's something else that is new for us since 2019. The younger consumers, you mean? Yes. Consumers under the age of 34. 
Oh, interesting. Well, I love that. I love anybody. I love anybody going to books, frankly. <laughs> I hope you do too. Oh, absolutely. You know, I want to go a little bit into that fantasy because um, I should share a uh, report with you from Wonderman Thomas, The Age of Reenchantment, which actually had been shared with me from another colleague. And it's the word that I keep taking away from it is the joy economy. You know, the people are looking for a little light, a little joy in their life. And I find that absolutely interesting and wondering if you're seeing that kind of play out in some of the fantasy or some of the, even maybe it's even in the romance books that you're, um, you're looking at. I think that we're seeing lots of data points about that around all of Jen merchandise, right? So um, look at what's happening right now with the Barbie movie, right? It's massive. And I think that one of the things that is appealing to people about that is just, it's really fun. It's joyful. It's a little subversive in a really good way. And it's getting people out of their house and into the theaters. And in many cases, into the theaters with their friends to enjoy a group experience. And there's something very satisfying about that um, right now, after coming off the pandemic, when we have been so divided, when there's all kinds of statistics showing that People are feeling lonely. People are feeling their friendships are have declined. People are feeling disconnected. So I think that that you know when we look at that, when we look at the sales of some games, for instance, in the toy in the toy um, categories, gaming uh, has been a really strong driver for people who want to come together and enjoy that. Um, and yes, I think fantasy uh in the book market is definitely fantasy and romance are both areas where we're seeing that play out in a in a big way and i want to talk a little bit or get your opinion a little bit on how we're consuming books um you know through paper through um ebooks through audiobooks and there's a big rise in audiobooks isn't there there is so Audiobooks have audiobooks were already in growth before the pandemic because coming on the back of podcasts and the penetration of smartphones, audiobooks are in some way a really um, perfect book medium for for the digital economy. So they were already in growth, but now we're seeing them coming off the pandemic as one of the highest growth areas of the book market in terms of format, almost equal to ebooks right now, and in some book categories, especially things like memoir and autobiography, where the subject of the book is actually doing the reading of the audiobook, we're seeing some um, format uh, share up as high as 80% in some of those books. So that is definitely part of the story. And as we have left the house, as we've gone back to commuting, as we've gone back to driving our kids to school, um, and had an opportunity to spend more time where that type of audio, um, we've gone to gyms, right? Where that type of audio is really, does really well. We've seen um, audiobooks definitely go back into growth again. Well, and, and I guess I am looping it back and maybe I hope I'm not looping it back erroneously to the rise in return to work. You know, some of those business books or the rise in um, exercise in the health and wellness space, because it's showing that people are, out of the home more, or at least more active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think it's all part and parcel. My big takeaway from the pandemic is just how profoundly behavioral it was. Like, you know, we work with companies that spend millions and millions of dollars to in marketing to influence behavior. 
but nothing has been able to do with what the pandemic did in terms of just shifting behavior in completely new ways. And so, um, you know, as behavior shifts back towards towards out of the house experiential types of things, we're, we're seeing consumer behavior follow. And, uh, and, and it's just, it's like an object lesson a little bit in, um, you know, how, how need shapes behavior, I think. Well, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to think of like some of the correlations that I see in the CPG space. And one that's kind of a very obvious one is famous Amos has, um, I think it's called like wonders of the world, but it's a line of cookies that are inspired by international flavors. So it might be you know, uh, chocolate from Belgium, or it might be um, coconut from the Philippines. I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I mean, it's it's definitely, they're sourcing the ingredients from these global places. And I see that as a nice tie-in with just our our hunger for travel and, and new experiences, like you say. Um, one thing that we also notice is like an extreme, um, like a lot of really flavor intense products with spikes in heat and things. And I think that that's, again, more experiential. You know, the people are looking for something that's a little more meaningful or full of oomph, if you will. So yeah. I, I definitely see those tie-ins there. I think that's really interesting. And I, and the other thing that I think is interesting about that, to go back to this um, emergence of this younger generation in the book market being very influential is we know from uh, consumer research that we've run for a while now that this younger generation of book buyers, like, so for instance, we saw very strong growth in manga, which is the Japanese comic book format tied very closely to anime on streaming video, that we know that that growth in manga was driven um, by a younger generation of readers. And we know from consumer research that manga typically skews does skew younger it does skew more female and it skews more diverse and uh i think that there's a larger trend or an openness to just more diversity generally more interest in overseas content so when we look at um some of the streaming platforms and some of the content that is hitting really well you think about squid game which was such a huge hit you think about um mystery series coming in from France, mystery series coming in from Germany, mystery series and other types of dramas coming in from Spain. You think about uh, the success of Japanese uh, uh, movies coming to the American market. And now we're seeing evidence of Korean and Chinese movies that are getting some traction here. I just think that there's a kind of openness to the world that is partly generational, partly um, armchair travel, and now partly, you know, the fact that we just have access to an amazing uh, level of information and content that just seems to be uh, hitting at, at a time when people are really, you know, interested in it. I And I want to go back to these young people because I'm so intrigued by that. And of course, I love that there's kind of this new, newer generation that's really fueling book sales. Where else are you seeing that kind of play out in terms of their behavior or the things that they're interested in? I mean, you just mentioned things like books and um, movies, um, you know, so it's like, where, what other areas where Circana plays? Have you noticed any of that? So uh, in the toy, in our toy business, we've been talking a lot over the last couple of years about this group that we call Kidults. 
So these are consumers 12 plus. And typically, you know, we're talking about a similar demographic, right? So under the age of 30. And that consumer of toys, so if you think about products that um, people may have seen on the shelf, like Lego botanicals, which were huge sleepers for Lego. These are um, Lego kits to make plants, to make orchids, to make cactus. During the pandemic, we had a huge boom in interest in house plants. And so Lego botanicals was a really interesting product introduction that captured the imagination uh, of those same um, you know, Instagram uh, savvy people. Also, trading cards were huge. Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, uh, collectibles generally were uh, driving a lot of that um, building sets. So that that consumer's off a little bit in toys here in 2023, but still extremely important. In fact, such an important consumer that our, um, our colleague, Julie Lynette, who's the toy analyst, has said that it's probably the most important demographic for the toy business to hold on to just because of how much growth and spend they've been responsible for for the last couple of years. So I, I do think we're seeing it in lots of lots of really interesting ways. Yeah. You know, I was we're kind of like in World Cup season, at least for women. And um, there's the Panini trading cards. And that is so huge. And now it's lapping. You know, now you've got the first generation um, of Panini collectors are now grandparents. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a multi-generational um activity, if you will. So that's so interesting. So one last thing before we go, you always talk about book talk. And I'm wondering about some of the things that you're hearing, some of the interesting conversations that you're tracking on book talk. Yeah. So for people who don't know, book talk is the, um, the book, uh, particularly fiction influencer community on TikTok. And this is something that emerged late in 2020 and definitely took off in 2021. And there we're tracking about 115 authors that have really been embraced by this influencer community. And it, it has book talk um, books have sold in excess of $600 million in sales um, over the last couple of years. So one of the things that's been really interesting to watch here is again, this is, this is that same generation uh, readers under the age of 34 they have brought authors onto the bestseller list that either are new or haven't sold a book in a while. So they started by bringing what we call backlist books back. So they got really excited about books that were previously published in some cases, three, four or five years ago and brought those books back onto the bestseller list because they got so excited about them that people walked into stores and started requesting them. That's actually how we found out about it because we started to see a bunch of backlist books hit the bestseller list and when we traced it back, we realized that Book Talk was responsible for that. But since then, it has really evolved. So we're still seeing lots of interesting new authors come to the to the bestseller list because they've been embraced by this community. There's um, there is a author Rebecca Yaros who's on the top of the bestseller list right now um, with a book that is was she's a relatively uh, unknown author until about a month ago when that when that community really got excited about her and now her book was just number one on the bestseller list for both the times and our list so yeah it's it's still exciting it's slowing down a little bit in keeping with this return to life outside of the house we are seeing the velocity of of book talk slow down it's still 30 percent over last year in unit volume but um 
but the trajectory we expected to to kind of slow down as we head towards Q4, but still super influential. And one of the things, you know, just circling back on this idea of what is new since 2019 and what is the same, I think the social media landscape is one of the things that's really different. I think between what has happened at, at Twitter, now X, the fact that um, younger generations haven't really um, embraced Facebook and with new the emergence of, of new platforms like TikTok, we just really have a very different social media discovery um, environment than we did when we went into the pandemic. And I think that's a really going to be a really important and interesting thing for manufacturers and retailers to watch. Yeah, that you know what, that didn't even occur to me, but mm -hmm. you're right. These communities have have built up over certain platforms that are now radically changing. Mm -hmm. So where will they where will they net out, I guess, is is something to watch. Well, yeah, maybe... and, and and just just to put a pin on that, understanding which demographic is using which platform is extremely important because they are pretty stratified right now in terms of if, if you have a particular type of um, demographic for your your um, products, you better know exactly what platform they're using because they are not all on the same platform. Right. And, you know, these younger users, these younger platform users are the most influential and they can pretty much decide which platform is going to work best for them and their followers. So mm -hmm. double whammy. You're right. Mm -hmm. Well, we can count on you to keep, uh, keep tabs on that for us because that's what you do. We're going to try. I love it. So I just want to wrap up. And again, thank you for your time and for your insight. I love that, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we're looking for more experiential activities. We're moving again. We're thinking about that return to work, which is so important and how we can be, you know, better communicators in business. I love that we're thinking more, of, we're still thinking of health and wellness, but in, in different ways, more physical ways. Um, look, let's get out there. Um, I am super intrigued by where we're going. You know, again, what books tell us and the rise of fantasy and sci-fi and mystery. Um, of course, I'm mostly intrigued by that enchantment, that age, that age of re-enchantment, and what I'll refer to as the joy economy. So I'm hoping that books bring joy to everyone. And um, that it's the younger generation that's really driving a lot of this and and that they're projecting a greater receptivity to things that are new and, you know, different, like more open, more global, if you will. Mm -hmm. So again, um, one little caveat from you is to keep our eye on social media and see how that platform is evolving because that influences so many people. Um, and like I said, I'll, I'll lean into you and have you tell me. So Kristen, thanks again. And for sure, I will check back with you soon. My pleasure. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Zirconic Growth Insights podcast so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you'd like us to cover. We'll serve it up in a future episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review Zirconic Growth Insights. Want to learn more? Visit us at zircona.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.